Grab your Bibles as quickly as you can. I want to go to 1 Samuel chapter 21. 1 Samuel chapter 21. Whether you get it in your Bible or your smart device, I'm asking you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. 1 Samuel chapter 21. I'm going to go down to verse number 5. Number 6. Verse number 6 to verse number 9. Verse number 6 to verse number 9. 1 Samuel chapter 21. We actually are to stand for the reading of God's word. So the priest gave him hallowed bread. For there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken from before the Lord. To put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the cheapest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David says, There is none like that. Give it me. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, share this word with somebody and be seated. Tell them, may you be reminded. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. May you be reminded. If being anointed was just the expression of our gifts, our talents, our skills, and our church titles, we would be good. If we could live in the moments of our expressions and presentations, we would be good. But the truth is, there's a cost to every calling. And there's a weight to every assignment. And one of the greatest weights is not when you carry it, but when you hear it. <laughs> For some of us, it would have been better for us if we hadn't heard it. Because once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Hearing it, imagining it, conceiving it in your heart, and then dropped in a space and time that looks nothing like what you heard, creates inward friction and tension up and confusion now God is not the author of confusion but what he calls you to can cause you to become confused I mean God didn't start it he didn't initiate confusion but confusion oftentimes is the present condition of us Attempting to understand the process of God with our finite minds. 
Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I heard what I heard. I think. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Okay. All right. Maybe. Okay. Just, just the honest people with me who understood that. I want you to say it again. Say, I heard what I heard. I think. I think. God told me. I think. God showed it to me. I think. Because all of us who are truly anointed have had moments that make us second guess what we thought we heard. Make us second guess what we thought God showed us. It's that in between. It's surviving the space between what he said and him fulfilling it. That's why he says in Habakkuk chapter 2. When I give you a vision, write it down. <laughs> no, no. When I give you a vision, when I show you something, before you shout, before you run around and start looking at properties and Googling stuff, write it down. Get in a sober space and write it. First of all, you need to write it because once you write down your vision, it becomes the first visible manifestation of God's word. That means when you write it, you can touch it. Hallelujah. When you write it, you can look at it. But you need to write it. The Bible says so those who read it can run with it because oftentimes God will show it to you, but you don't have the ability to fulfill it by yourself. God will never give you something. Oh, I'm preaching already here. God will never give you something that you can complete on your own. Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor you're going to need somebody. That's why some of you need to be very careful about your cutoff game. Because you're so easy to cut off everybody and shut everybody down and pull away from everybody. You're going to cut, 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 cut to the point you're going to look around one day and you're going to have nobody to cut. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, instead of always cutting, come on. Tell them, instead of always cutting, learn how to reconcile. Oh, we didn't lost that in church because he says, I gave your ministry and your ministry is not the cut off ministry. Your ministry is the ministry of reconciliation because some of you are still at odds with somebody that God has called to help you accomplish what you've been called to do. And you don't get to choose who God is going to use in your life. You don't know who God going to use to open up a door for you. Scream at three people and tell them, apologize, 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 apologize. Be, make it normal to apologize. Make it normal to say, if I offended you, I apologize. If I didn't say it the right way, I apologize. But some of us are so prideful, we will miss out on our promise. Because all the time, who your enemy is, is not necessarily God's enemy. Write that vision. And I'm going to tell you why you need to write it. Not only is it a visible manifestation of your vision or what God said, it's important that you write that thing. Because once you write it, there's a season after what you saw and what you heard called in between. And maybe our Pentecostal, apostolic, charismatic culture has, has almost misled you in many ways. Not intentionally, but maybe it's a little misleading. Maybe our prophetic vernacular 
has kind of uh, enabled your infancy. And instead of us raising up an army, we're not having a daycare of whining sons and daughters. Because maybe we gave you language like by this time tomorrow. And God is going to turn it around. In three days. Walk around the wall seven times. Now, I believe in all. I believe in God's suddenness. But if you look very close at God's suddenness in your life. There was a process to bring you to a suddenly. Yeah, 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 yeah. The wall of Jericho came down. But it didn't come down because they walked around it seven times. Uh-oh. Come on, Bible readers. How many times did they really walk around it? Because the Bible says they went the first day and they walked around it one time and God told them, go back home. And then they came back the next day and God told them to walk around the wall. Don't say nothing. Don't shout. Don't clap. Don't sing. Walk around and say nothing. Then go home. Did you know some of us, God has been taking us through a long process to discipline us. Some of us think we need deliverance. We already been delivered out of Egypt. This season is called discipline because God says if I just deliver you but don't give you discipline, I will bring you into the season of your promise and you will mess it up. Uh oh. So I'm, I'm teaching you how to walk in silence. I mean, could you imagine God says I'm going to give you the city and then he said walk around it now go home. And then you get home and they said what happened today? Nothing. Some of us are going through a season of nothingness. And this nothingness makes you feel like you're in a mundane routine. And I'm just doing church. And I'm just doing family. I'm just doing work. And it's got to be something more than this. But I want you to prophesy to somebody. Tell them, you are not stuck. You are being preserved. Come on, tell them, you're not stuck. You are being prepared. I'm sorry. Y'all talk to the wrong neighbor. Maybe you need to coach yourself. Lay hands on yourself and say, hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, you are not stuck. I shut down the voice of the enemy that's making you think time is going by and you're going to miss out on what God said. You are not stuck. Come on, somebody scream. God is preparing me. He's giving me what I need. He's giving me discipline because when I walk into my promise, my blessing would not be spoiled because God is using this season of my life to prepare. I need you to throw your hands on somebody. Tell them you got to work the middle. I know you heard what you heard. And God's word is true, but you got to work this in between. You got to work this space between Malachi and Matthew. I need to hear the sound of the 50 people in this room. You just work in the middle. You you don't have a lot of answers. You don't have a lot of proof. You don't see a lot of evidence, but you're working. I need the 50. You shout now. Let the other people sit on the sideline. But all those who are working in the middle, open up your mouth and shout right now. Oh God. Being anointed is complicated. Being prophetic is complicated. Because oftentimes when you're anointed and you're prophetic, if people had to walk around behind you, you would almost look like a walking contradiction. (laughs) 
Don't worry, I'm going to wrap this up in about 15 minutes. But I'm going to take y'all on a ride here with me for a second. Let me talk about your, let me, let's talk about your anointed, contradictory self. I'm talking about you who God uses you to lay hands on folk and they get healed. But you still got to deal with your own infirmities. It doesn't make sense. You look like a contradiction to be to be taking blood pressure pills but rebuking cancer off of other people's body. It'll make you cry, oh my God. Hallelujah. That you got faith for everybody else, but you gotta battle your own anxiety. And you gotta lay hands on your own depression. I know it sounds like a country. Well, you got answers for everybody else. God can give you interpretation of people's dreams. You can prophesy details in people's lives, and then you scratching your head and saying, What's next for me? You can see stuff that's afar off and can simply miss things that are right up on you. I'm an anointed contradiction. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense to be anointed and afflicted. No, 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 no. It doesn't make sense. Because the protagonist of the text tonight I'll call him protagonist because he is a protagonist in this text. And I say this because we have romanticized who we want to romanticize. We like airbrushed bios. I often tell people I don't like to sit through the reading of my bio. I absolutely hate it. As a matter of fact, if you're going to get my bio now, you can't get it on my website. I had them to take it off. I hate sitting through it. I mean, churches are getting more and more creative now. They'll build these big video presentations and they rip pictures off of social media. And some of them are pictures of me 20 years ago. And, and I had hair then and, you know, and, and I was a little more smaller than what I am. And I don't like my bio being read. First of all, it's very uh, awkward when you're sitting down and they're talking about, oh, he's an anointed man of God. He's preached in nations all around the world. Sometimes I don't want to hear all the places I didn't preach that because I'm building up my strength and energy to preach here. <laughs> and to hear all the places I've been makes me tired, right? Especially at this time of year. I don't like my bio being read. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I feel like my bio is misleading. I'm just going to put that out there. Now, when I say it's misleading, I'm not saying that my bio is false. It is not false. But it's definitely airbrushed. I'm going to tell you why. Because my bio tells you about all my successes. And once you finish reading it, you're like, wow, look at him. But the truth is who I am. It's not based on the totality of my successes. See, my bio says I attended Liberty University. It doesn't say I graduated from Liberty University. See, see, we put out the parts we like, but I need you to scream at somebody tell them all of it is me. And he still called me. Hallelujah. All of it is me. And he still called me. All of the strengths and the weaknesses. All of the success and the seeming failures. I need all the people to come out the closet and be honest with me. And tell them I made some mistakes. Since I've been saved. 
Look at y'all bougie church people. Y'all don't want to be honest. I don't know what you're talking about. No, since you've been saved, since you had the Holy Ghost, come on, don't you leave me out here by myself. Since you've been dancing, since you've been speaking in tongues, scream at somebody, tell them, I made some mistakes. So he is the protagonist in this text. But loved by God in all texts. To the point, he is anointed. He is anointed. Anointed to to be what? He's anointed to be king. The only challenge with David being anointed to be king is that somebody else is already in the seat. That's a bad conflict. When you are somebody's anointed replacement. Not that it's worse than to be at a job and you realize you know more than the manager and the supervisor. That's one challenge. The second challenge is when they know it. It's hard when you are called to serve the person that you're going to replace. Because the challenge with that is you're anointed but with a pure heart. See, some people are looking to stab folk in the back. But then there's another group of us that says, I don't have to be out front. I don't need the title. I don't need the the position. Let me just serve. And that was David's heart. David says, I just want to serve Saul. I feel called just to serve you. And nothing is worse when you got to dodge the people you've been called to. The people you're genuinely trying to help, they see you as a threat. But I need you to scream at somebody tell them, I am not your competition. I'm not your competition. But even Saul knew God's hand was on David. And so Saul would do things. He would tell him, see, can you get some uh, Philistine foreskin? And he exceeded his expectations. Kept putting David to the test. David, come play for me. I got a spirit on me. And then while he's playing, he throws a javelin at him. So I got to serve and dodge your threats. Now, I ain't talking about none of our churches. But have have you ever been in church and serve and dodge? Hallelujah. It's... I know what it is to go to church and leave feeling worse than I came. <laughs> Let me tell you, I know what it is to hold the tears on the corner of my eyes and says, I will not cry in front of these people. Just to get in the car and say, I am not coming back here. I am. This is my last Sunday. And you know what happened next Sunday? I'm on my way back again because I don't get to choose my assignment. I only get to choose whether I surrender. David is anointed to be king and not have the throne. Anointed to to lead worship, but not the worship leader. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so the Bible tells us that David had to go through a moment of his life where he had to run from Saul. He had to run from Saul to the point he was, it was such a tense moment that David went and got his parents from Bethlehem and hid them in Moab. Hope I'm not, you know, being boring with these details, but I'm going somewhere with it. He is, 
He sends them to Moab. That's crazy, right? People out of the tribes of Israel and you're hiding your family in Moab. You go to the king of the Moabites. But what's, what's a beautiful picture of this, all of us who understand genealogy, is that David's great-grandmother was a Moabite. Her name was Ruth. You know? Yes, sir. Ruth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And her husband had a son by the name of Obed. And then Obed had a son by the name of Jesse. And out of the loins of Jesse came a David. I come to tell somebody, there are some random pieces of your life. God is about to make sense out of it. Woo! Pieces that you like, now what was that about? Why did I go through that? I'm telling you, things that you went through in past seasons are going to serve you in this season. <sighs> Connections you made when you were just being kind to people and you were being nice to people. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Come on, tell somebody, it's coming back to you. It's coming back to you. People may not know about what you did and there were some people you helped out and they never came back and said thank you. There were some people you went up and put a couple of dollars in their hand because God laid it on your heart. There was somebody you bought them groceries. You didn't post it on Facebook. You didn't tell nobody. I come to tell you there's a harvest that's about to hit you on your heel. As a matter of fact, I hear the Lord says tell some people in this room, I'm getting ready to bless them just because they kept their mouth shut. There were moments that you could open up your mouth and messed up somebody's life but you use wisdom and says hey I don't need to tell everything I know and I don't need to speak everything I hear God says I'm going to bless you just because you obeyed me I needed 50 people in this room because I just came to preach to 50 I want you to clap your hands and praise God for the harvest that's coming they didn't see it, but God saw it. Hallelujah. I said, they didn't see it because I need you to get out of your seat one real quick and tell somebody, they didn't see it, but God saw it. They didn't thank you, but God has a record. They didn't thank you. They didn't thank you. They didn't pay you back, but God has a record. God has, so y'all be seated. God has a record. God has a record. God has a record. God has a record some water please and so the Moabites then protects David's parents and let's just say something this is why I pray for you this is why I go I pray intensely for you this is why I pray intensely for you this is this is why I pray intensely for you pastor Pierre this is why I call your name out in prayer I'm gonna tell you why because the anointing oftentimes calls for an assault against those who are close to us Saul wants David and David hides his parents <laughs> because the more public you are the easier target you become and there are a whole lot of people who want visibility but they can handle the assault and you know Sometime on, on, on my iPhone, I play this Target game. And uh, <laughs> don't y'all judge me. Some of y'all still play that crazy candy crush. I still don't know what, how to make sense out of that. But this Target game I play sometimes. And you have to kind of read how the wind is blowing. 
And my desire is to get the bullseye. My desire is to get the target right in the middle. But sometimes if I miss the target, at least I'll hit something close. And some of you need to realize some of the things that are going on with your children. It's because of your assignment. Some of the things that's going on with your marriage, your marriage would be a whole lot easier if you hadn't surrendered to God. Some of the financial challenges you've had, you would not. I know y'all don't want to hear this, but I'm telling you, some of the financial challenges you have, the only reason why you're having that kind of attack is because you said yes to God. And some of you, even your physical body, you got to know when it's just a regular sickness because you've been eating the wrong thing, but you also got to know when it's a spirit of infirmity. Hallelujah. Some of your afflictions are because of your assignment. Tell somebody some of your afflictions. Tell them not all of them, but tell them some of your afflictions, some of your mental afflictions is because of your assignment. You can't go around here casting out demons and never have to deal with retaliation and backlash. You can't be snatching people from the jaws of hell and you think the devil not gonna fight your house. But I got good news for somebody that will help me praise up many of the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord shall deliver scream somebody shout I will be delivered I will be delivered so David David finds himself anointed but on the run and uh, he has to save his parents he has to get his parents out of Bethlehem just so the enemy can destroy them he finds himself in the cave of a place called Adullam. Uh, he, where God was set him up in a high place so the enemy cannot find him. Uh, the Bible says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my strength. When I was growing up in the church, y'all may never heard this. Maybe we just sung it in the South. But we used to sing, in the word of God, I got a hiding place. Scream at somebody, tell him, he shall hide me. I found a hiding place in God. David says, I'm anointed, but I'm on the run. I'm surviving my transition. Uh, many scholars believe that it was in this time that he began to pin the words in the language of Psalm 27. What did he say in Psalm 27? He said, the Lord is my light. I'm going to my seat now. And my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We when the wicked even my enemies and my foes when they came up against me to eat up my flesh y'all help me what happened to them they stumbled and they fell David said I've enjoyed the cuisine of Israel I've had all the women that I could ever have but out of all the things I've had one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the 
days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I want you to pull on your neighbor and say, neighbor, when you're in transition, you've got to coach yourself through it. When you're in transition, you've got to encourage yourself and say, self, you are the head and not the tail. Self, you're healed and not sick. David says, I'm talking my way through this. And some of you, praise is optional, but there's a remnant of us in here. I got to praise him because if I don't praise him, I lose my mind. So then, when should I praise him? Well, I got the answer, but when you should praise him, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make a boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad oh 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 oh, oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together look at the people in your section and say come on here are we gonna cry about it or are we gonna praise about it come on here you can gossip about it but if you're gonna testify about it tell somebody come on here don't just sit there open up your mouth bless the lord oh my soul bless the lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name i need you to get out of your seat and tell five people bless him you're always looking for a blessing but bless him you're looking for a workout but bless him you're looking for a miracle but bless him somebody said but i need a blessing but the bible declared be not weary in well-doing for in due season keep on blessing him keep on serving him in due season you you're gonna reap if you faint not just put your hand on somebody's shoulder and tell them snap out of it you ain't your this ain't your first time snap out of it this ain't your first challenge snap out of it this ain't your first battle So then, are y'all with me, New Jersey? Y'all with me? This Bible say, Bible say, David took care of his parents. Men started to connect with him. But David says, I'm in a season of my life. I've never been here before. I'm in a season of my life where I'm on the run. Just trying to stay alive. Tell your neighbor, stop judging people. Tell them you don't know their battles. Stop discussing stuff when you don't know all the details. Bob said, David, he, he's running for his life. And he came up on a place called Nob. And the place of Nob is called, it means high place. Glory be to God. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you're looking for an answer, 
come up to the high place if you're looking for deliverance come up to the high place some of you living too low and you want a great blessing scream at somebody tell them come on up come on up come on up a little higher Zion oh Zion Zion oh Zion is calling me to a higher place he gets the knob which is the city of the priests don't nobody live there but holy folk don't nobody live there but the consecrated and when he gets to Nob he sees Ahimelech the priest and he looks at Ahimelech and says God bless you and Ahimelech says hold on what are you doing here you're a person of the palace why are you down in our country town what you doing here where where's your where's your elite group where's your entourage he said shh 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 I'm here on a secret mission. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm here on a secret mission. King Saul sent me on a mission. I won't be supposed to tell nobody. Now let's just be honest about it. You know what David told? Y'all know what David told, don't you? Well, we in the country we couldn't say it. we had to call it a story, but according to the Bible, David told a lie. He told a lie. He said, he said, he said, yeah, yeah, shh. Yeah, um, Saul. Saul sent me on a secret mission. David, you know Saul trying to kill you. <laughs> and see, that's what I'm telling you. Sometimes we judge people's decisions and we don't know their options. Uh -huh. My God. He was in survival mode. I need you to give somebody eye contact and tell them I made some bad decisions in survival mode. Oh, y'all some funny acting people. Y'all better be honest. I made some bad decisions in my desperation. Now you can judge me if you want to, but you don't know if you would have did if you weren't in my shoes. And the Bible said that David lied. And he said, yeah, I'm here on a, um, on a secret mission. And he said, oh, let me say Okay. You can tell her, let me like, it's like discerning. So I'm like, something ain't right, but you are David. Because some people, we gave them access because of their reputation. Yeah. Not, really, not realizing even people of good reputation can have bad days. Tell your neighbor, you may be anointed, but you're still in the flesh. You're still in the flesh. With your anointed self, you still got some flesh issues. You still got the potential to lie. You still got the potential to commit adultery. You still got the potential, come on, to fornicate. You still got potential. And see, some people, you got to be careful how you judge people when they fall because you're not dead yet. I don't care what your age is. Scream at somebody, tell them, I'm not dead yet. I know my potential. My past, my past is not my present, but my past definitely shows me my potential. If I don't stay on the altar, I said, if I don't stay on the altar, see, some of y'all, you don't need to come to church. I need all of it. I need Bible study. I need prayer service. I need tarry service. I need to tear for the Holy Ghost every once in a while like I don't even have the Holy Ghost. Sometimes I need to come back to the altar and do my first works over. David lied, but he was trying to survive. He said, you got anything to eat? Because I was running so much, I didn't even have time to pack no food. <laughs> and um, and 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 uh, him like the precept. I mean, 
Uh, we ain't got no regular food. We got some uh, holy bread. Got some communion food over here, but he said, I mean, I guess if you're hungry, you know, we should give it to you, right? Sh- shouldn't we give? You can see Ahimelech trying to balance out, you know, like, I mean, can we give it to David? I mean, since you're hungry, I mean, we can put some more bread before God tomorrow. So I guess we can give you the, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? If you're hungry, you, you David, you're the king's son-in-law, we'll give you the bread. He's okay, bless you. And then he says this. Are y'all ready? I think I'm going to preach on it on Sunday. Now for real, the Lord really gave me this word today. Then David says, Ooh, I'm sorry. <sighs> mm. Don't worry, I know what I'm going to say. It just ministered to me. He said, Do you got a knife or a sword or anything I can fight with? Just need something to borrow. Whew. And you know what Halimelech said? I mean, now we don't have swords right here. You know, we priests. But you know, here's one. He said, it's Goliath's sword. Out of all the cities David could have stumbled into, and out of all of the arsenal that could have been left, he stumbled into the priest's house that happened to house the sword of Goliath. What's the significance of that? Because the last time, the last time David saw that sword, he was using it to cut the head off of a giant. My whole message tonight was to tell you, may you be reminded. May you remember that this ain't your first situation. May you remember this ain't your first battle. May you remember somebody clap their hands. I'm finished. I'm finished. Ow! Somebody get on your feet. Woo! I ain't got no fancy clothes. That was it. That was it. And if you wait for something else, you missed it. That was it. God wanted me to tell you today, may you remember. Now, I know it would be a better shout if I tell you it's over. You're there. But that ain't every season we in. Sometimes you're not there. You're not over it. But tell somebody, may you remember. When days get hard, and they sometimes will, when the pressure gets heavy, and sometimes it is, when you feel like you're going to break under the pressure, scream at somebody, tell them, may you remember. May you remember the hills he brought you over, and the valleys he pulled you through. Somebody shout, may you remember. You beat cancer once, and if it come back up again, you can beat it again. Somebody shout, may you remember. Okay, David needed it. David needed it. David needed it. Because imagine, when pressure hit, it'll make you forget everything you thought you knew. 
It'll make you forget the promise. Yeah. David, one day you're going to be a king. This don't look like being a king. I'm running around lying to a preacher, trying to get the Lord's bread, trying to eat communion crackers. When God said he's going to prosper you and you have to go sign up for food stamps. Will you have to get rental assistance? I know what I'm talking about. I remember the day. I remember the day that the Lord told me to go to Liberty University. The Lord opened up the door and I went. And all I can remember is the girl in the office telling me, she said, well, how are you going to pay your bills? I said, the Lord going to make a way. The Lord going to make a way. She said, now common sense say, you need to have, you need to know the way before you go. And I was rehearsing it in my head. And when I got to school and I'm living in a house with no heat because I couldn't afford to fill up the tank. But I, and the winter time came and I had a kerosene heater that I was moving from room to room. Trying to heat up the bathroom so I can take a shower just for the water in the shower to go out. And I got to wait for it to prime back up again. And I'll never forget trying to hide it from my mother because I knew she couldn't help me. See, it wasn't pride that I didn't want her to help me. I knew what it would do to my mother if she knew it and then knowing that she could not help me. And somebody told me, they said, well, you know, if you go to the county seat, they will give you her money to put oil in your tank at least once so you can heat up your house at least for a month. And I said, you know, I'm in, I'm in school and I'm in the ministry. Oh, uh-uh, you know. I can't do that. And not forget that day. I went. I, I said, it's cold. I, I got to. Anytime you start going like us in your house. <sighs> I went up there. And I remember going up there to going up to the window. I said, yeah, I heard y'all, y'all help people. You know, they you know need oil in it. She said, yeah, fill us out. I'm like, okay, thank you. So when I filled it out, and then you have, you have to put down how much you make and all that. And I could have actually said, hold on, if, if this is all you make, she says, uh, do you need food stamps too? And I remember, I said, no, no, I, I don't need food stamps. Then I looked at her, I said, yeah, I need food stamps. Because I did. You know how some people use the system? No, no, no. I needed it. I remember saying, this looks nothing like what I thought it was going to be. This can't, this can't be what anointed is. This can't be, go to Lynchburg. I'm going to use you in Lynchburg. See, sometimes you do what God tell you to do and it feel like you hit a brick wall. Glory be to God. And so now, hallelujah. Now, why? I have the possession of keys to four homes, four different properties. And, and multiple church properties. And if I ever get in a bind or a moment, it's like things are overwhelming me. And I have a plumbing bill that's $68,000. And when that day they called me and said, our HVAC bill is $250,000. I remember. I remember. When I had nothing. And he made a way. I remember when I didn't have food in the cabinet and no gas in the tank. See, some of y'all got amnesia. That's why you can't praise him. I remember when I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. 
and then I look at the situation I'm like different situation but same God hey same God same God same God same God same God I'm gonna ask everybody in this room everybody now I know some of you are apostolic Pentecostal some of you are Presbyterian and Methodist there's nothing wrong with it whatever you are tonight there's several Methodist people here tonight there's nothing wrong but what I'm gonna ask you to do praise is a verb now you're like oh I praise him in my mind no that's not praise that's meditation and there's nothing wrong with meditation but you can meditate at home by yourself we come to praise them together this is what I need you to do because some of you are like oh God God is about to God is about to no you need fuel for the journey I want you to get in your mind come on y'all stand on your feet with me I've been standing up y'all stand with me Except you, mother. You don't have to stay a mother. It's just these young people in here. I want everybody in your mind right now. Close your eyes. And I want you to think about a season of your life that you didn't know how you were going to come through it. Now think about it. Think about the day you got that news. Think about when that situation happened. And you didn't see a day after that day that you were in. You thought it was going to break you. Some of you went through grief that you thought was going to break you. Some of you, you lost your house. You went through a bout of sickness. You thought it was going to break you. Now, without thinking about what's about to come, for 30 seconds in this room, I mean 30 strong seconds, I want you to give God praise because he brought you out of it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Praise him for what you and God know. Come on. You got 15 more seconds to pray. May you remember. May you remember the tears you cried. I cried. And the Lord delivered. He delivered me from a horrible pit. I was in depression. And he delivered me from a horrible pit. I went through divorce and he delivered me from a horrible pit. I had to make funeral plans for somebody I love. He delivered me out of a horrible pit. May you remember. May you remember Goliath's sword. May you remember that when the giant came, you cut his head off. May you remember that you didn't come with mighty armor, but you came in the name of the Lord. May you remember. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. May you remember. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. I want to pray for everybody in here. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. Come on, call it back. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It's because of the Lord's mercies. It's because of the Lord's mercies. It's because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassion fail not. They are new every morning. Great.
great is. Come on, church. Come on. Great is. Oh, great is. Great is. Great is thy faithfulness. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.